Welcome, viewers and listeners, to CHP Talks. Uh, I'm here in Northern British Columbia, and my guest this week is Jeff Willerton, and he is in a Tim Hortons in Calgary area, or Airdrie, I guess it's Airdrie. And uh, thank you, uh, Jeff, for joining us. I'm going to introduce you in a minute, but uh, thanks for being with us today, even in a Tim Hortons. I know what that's like trying to uh, do an interview with the background noise, but at least you got good coffee. I got good coffee, and uh, yes, it is noisy. Yeah. I, I was thinking about trying asking everybody to be quiet, but that yeah. would go over <laughs> very well. Yeah, it's uh, it's nice to know where to draw your lines and uh, what you can expect of people. I think asking folks and in the some Hortons, battles you're just not going to win. It's probably not going to work, so we'll we'll cope with it the best we can. And uh, for folks who do not know, Jeff Willerton. First of all, he's a friend of mine, but he is a 58-year-old high school-educated political activist, author, and performing artist. As for being high school-educated, Jeff likes to point out that his pure mind hasn't been polluted by academia. Uh, as far as being a performing artist, he is a guitar player and a singer, and on that point, he did step up and provided some much appreciated music at our last CHP convention, which happened to be in Calgary last year. Jeff has run for office 14 times, three of which were for the Christian Heritage Party. As Jeff points out in what is now the 20th edition of his book, Fixed Canada, Abraham Lincoln lost eight elections, Winston Churchill lost five, but it's not really a contest that normal people set out to win in terms of how many times you can lose. But anyway, he's beat them both combined. So no one makes a living off one book, but Jeff has managed to do that despite chapters having kicked it off the shelf many years ago. So I call that the seventh wonder of the world and uh, I'm not given to exaggeration. So Jeff has written three other books. He says that they're short and sweet like him, and he offers them for free at his website, jeffwillerton.com. But today, we're here to talk about his big book, Fix Canada. And with that, Jeff, welcome to CHP Talk. Thank you, Rod. Thanks for having me on your program. Yeah. So uh, maybe you can hold up the 20th edition. I'm holding up the 17th edition here. And uh, same, same wonderful graphic on the cover, this uh, mechanic who is going to uh, use whatever pressure, whatever tactics it takes to fix Canada. And uh, you started this project some years ago. And uh, let, let's back up a little further, though. When did you begin wanting to fix Canada? When did you first realize that there was something desperately wrong in this wonderful country that we love? Well, um, about 1990, I, I think the summer of 1990, I was in a, a Wendy's in, um, in Calgary, and um, someone, the gal I was with, passed me a newspaper and, and uh, wanted me to read an article on welfare abuse, and I was incensed. I didn't, wasn't a regular newspaper reader, uh, but uh, I read this article, and it was about... Uh, um, people abusing the system we'll say we'll just describe it like that and i was incensed and that was the hook that drew me into politics it's usually an issue that draws people a single issue that draws people and that was it for me and i went um straight from there the next day i went to chapters and picked up bill gardner's uh first big book uh 
the trouble with Canada, and it was bought off the press that year, and uh, that was my introduction to political literature and how I got involved. Yeah, that's a great book as well, uh, Bill Gardner's The Trouble with Canada, uh, and we, we've had... An amazing, uh, he's a genius, the guy's a genius. Yeah. We had a speaker, uh, he was a speaker for us at one of our conventions, and uh, okay. you know, someone who saw the big picture. Uh, mm -hmm. There's lots of people that see little pieces of the picture, but not everybody sees the big picture, and, and he's one of them. So, so you began, I understand, then shortly after your uh, awakening to uh, the fact that there were some serious things wrong in the culture, you began writing articles. Uh, where were you publishing those articles or letters to the editor or whatever? Not, not right away. Uh, immediately in, in 1990, I just started reading. I just became interested. And uh, I, I was, uh, my dad had taught me how to read and write before going to kindergarten. And um, because they, because as I say in the book, I, I bring that to people's attention now in the 20th edition, but they had just dropped phonetics from the, uh, from the uh, curriculum. He thought that was the dumbest thing they'd ever done. So like to say the day was young, but anyways, um, uh, so he taught me how to read my program skill. I was an avid reader, um, read a bunch of books for a contest in, in grade one. The teacher didn't believe me, called me a liar in front of the class. And uh, I, honestly, and I, at that moment, I developed an attitude towards reading and I didn't read another book I didn't have to for the rest of my scholastic career, um, if you want to call that. And I um, um, read what I had to to get by. Uh, and um, I was 26 years old in 1990. And the political bug bit me. I went and bought a book, and I haven't stopped reading. You know, yeah, I went and bought yeah. that first book. I haven't stopped reading. Well, but, you but, know, uh, so so I didn't start writing in 1990, but I started reading again in 1990. Yeah. Oh, interesting. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. So read other people's opinions. Editorial. The editorial page was my favorite part of the papers. So I sometimes read three papers a day. Uh, besides the books, and um, um, when an opportunity came up in 1998 to write a weekly column for these three small weekly papers, it was there, and uh, I was there, and it worked. Yeah, so, uh, and I, I want to just apologize to our listeners right today, because that there is quite a bit of background noise there, it's, it's not only... Uh, you, we can hear the noise, but it's also uh, muting your voice at times. Uh, okay, sorry. It's taking over your uh, your audio. So uh, okay. we, we asked folks to stay with us. We're going to get through this. Um, and our next interview with Jeff Willerton will be in a quieter environment. But today Let we're glad to have you where the, all the action is in oh, Tim Hortons. I've been in so many Tim Hortons across the country, uh, and uh, it is actually a wonderful, a wonderful place to stop for various things, especially the coffee. So, yeah. Um, so when did so you began writing shortly after that and, and sending these letters in and, and well, that somehow drew you into the political you, you began. Well, it, it's, well, the politics was a passion for me. I was working for an insurance company for a number of years and um, didn't particularly enjoy it. Uh, I, I was transferred to Red Deer from Calgary, and in, I inherited the account of a guy named Ken Hughes, 
who worked for the Canadian Tax Force Federation. And he was telling me about his job. I liked it. I tagged along with him one day and see what it was like. I loved his job and I couldn't stand mine. So uh, <laughs> I gave him my gave him my notice and away I went. Didn't know whether it sink or swim, but I did all right. And uh, they um, transferred me to Barhead um, or I had gave me some piece of the country off the bar and I thought instead of commuting from Calgary where I was living again uh, on Monday and Friday I just moved up there so I did yeah and as, as such it was there that I started writing an occasional letter to the editor um, um, and the, the comments the feedback that I was getting was good and then um, one day uh, a fellow on the editorial page up and passed away. He was a healthy guy in his mid seventies, and um, um, they offered it. They they responded by um, uh, they opening up his space to guest writers. So I saw in that an opportunity, and I, I changed my occasional letter to the editor to a four hundred thirty word uh, column column length letter, and they were gracious enough to publish me every week for three in the next six months. And then they uh, were gracious enough to just give me the byline. Yeah. For, for the, for, as I say, the principal sum of $15 a week. <laughs> well, a lot of things have uh, changed since those uh, glory days, right? In terms of cost of living and so on. Yeah. But uh, so, so when did you get the idea? Well, I've, I've got to ask you sort of about politics uh because you began when did you first run for politics and when did you get the idea of compiling some of these articles together into a book i first ran for the social credit party in alberta in 1997 so the, the political bug bit me in 1990 seven years later i ran for, in my first campaign in calgary for the, for the old social credit party yeah super yeah that's uh, we're, kind of not too far apart on the timeline. I ran first for the BC Unity Party in British Columbia in 2001. So uh, I remember them. I yeah, I remember that. Yeah, two years apart with yeah. the uh, Honorable Bill Vanderzam. And it was uh, really a, a, quite an experience to, to be rubbing shoulders with some of these great people who had tried so hard to, uh, to fix not Canada necessarily, but fixed British Columbia and uh, basically got uh, you know, down the stairs by some some of the people in their own party. And it was terrible. But anyway, it needs, to, uh, needs to be done. On, yeah. So you've experienced the ups and downs of politics uh, and the downs in terms of uh, poll results, but uh, the ups in terms of uh, meeting with and working with some some. Uh, powerful people and people with great yes. minds and intellect. Uh, so maybe describe a little bit of that, your involvement in politics, because you've been a candidate for us now three times. And, uh, but you also have run provincially, you've run for other parties. Uh, tell us ran, provincial, ran provincially many times, uh, sometimes as an independent, sometimes uh, when the Wild Rose Party was starting, I, I, in my, I was a founding member of the Wild Rose Party with Link Byfield in 97 um, and or oh, sorry 2007 uh ran for them in 2008 um and uh ran in by-elections and 
and things like that. Sometimes it's independent, sometimes we start up conservative parties. Um, you know, I just um, I don't want to I don't want to complain and sit back and do nothing. Right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, so I, I keep keep plugging away. Yeah. Well, across the country today, in in many provinces, there are municipal elections going on, school trustee elections. I know in British Columbia, we vote this Saturday uh, for municipal councillors, for mayors, for school trustees, and uh, so I'm I'm thankful for the people that are stepping forward to represent uh, biblical values, godly values, and to want to want to fix Canada in their own little corner, right? Uh, and so uh, we hope that we get some good results in that. But thank you. Uh, I want to thank you as an individual for stepping forward to to bring values uh, to the table. And in spite of, I mean, it would be nice to win. Obviously, we, we when we run, we we hope to win. we do everything we can possibly do to win. But if we don't, at least we've been a voice, uh, a voice in the wilderness, uh, bringing truth to the public and uh, even to the other candidates. Uh, sometimes there's a special privilege of bringing uh, something to the other candidates, uh, even the ones who are getting elected, that they hopefully will not forget when they get in office. So. Um, so your first, I think it was 18 years ago that your first uh, edition of Fix Canada came out. Uh, no, it was actually uh, 22 years ago in oh, the really? fall, uh, fall of fall of 2000. Yeah, I wrote the columns in 98, 99, and um, um, ended up in, in, in a sales job. Uh, had to leave the area for work. That didn't pan out so well. But I ended up in a sales job and made quite a bit of money in a short period of time, um, not selling drugs, but uh, in this, um, and uh, so I made quite a bit of money in a short period of time. I had ten thousand dollars burning a hole in my pocket, and I thought, what am I going to do? You know what? I'm going to republish my columns in book format. And so I, I wrote an introduction, conclusion, updated the issues, and published the first book of what is now Fixed Canada. Wow. Yeah, it was something else back in the day, but it, it, the, the name has uh, morphed somewhat over the years. Yeah, and we we uh, heard about your book. Uh, you and I were discussing yesterday uh, how that came about, but but uh, we I contacted you. I'm not sure what year that was, uh, and you were planning a trip. It, it was 2014. 2014. Okay, the same year that I became leader of the Christian Heritage Party, but before you were the you were the deputy leader at the time. Yeah. yeah. So so uh, you might have been earlier. I, I contacted you because I liked what I was reading, and you said that you were making a trip up to Northern British Columbia, and I said, well, "Why don't you drop in and uh, see us?" You ended up with us for a night or two. I'm not sure how long that was, but we a weekend, a, a weekend, yeah. a great visit. And uh, my wife Elaine at that time had, uh, uh, well, must she must have had the, your book in the Christian bookstore before that time? Because I'm not sure. I'm not sure that she did. But uh, if, if my if my memory serves correctly, I, I sold the book. I had finished a, a, a Southern BC tour. Yeah, uh, I was down there for six, eight months, nine months, I forget. Uh, and uh, had, had come back to Eritrea. 
to, to kind of regroup and was here for a week and headed off to northern BC when when you called. Yeah. And, so uh, so was was Elaine's bookstore still open, the lighthouse bookstore? When oh you, yes, Elaine, the bookstore okay. was still open. Yeah. So, so it couldn't it couldn't have been 2014 because the store closed in 2013. It, so I'm gonna uh, guess 212 then. 2012. Okay. So here's yeah. here we go with uh, you know trying to uh synchronize our memories, right? right but anyway. Right. What I do remember is it was a great visit. We were yes. uh, quite impressed. We ended up with several copies of your book, and we've gotten the updates ever since. Um, and, and three are on the way. Three of the three copies of the new one are on the way to you at present. So the new one is the twentieth edition. Uh, it's coming out in twenty twenty two, and you've already been uh, selling those. Now, what I want to tell people is that this man, Jeff Willerton travels around the country in his van selling his book and selling ideas, I guess, uh, as much as anything, selling the idea of fixing Canada. But he has been doing that for, you told me the other day, uh, 18 years, but you think Seven, it's... 17 years full-time. Okay. So he's been yeah, making I a living... I calculated it last night, 17 years full-time. Making a living selling one book with multiple editions for 17 years... And that's what I call the seventh wonder of the world is, uh, you know, selling. It's one thing to sell a, a, a series of books or to have a bookstore, but but to go around knocking on doors and selling a book and making a living at it is just amazing. And by the way, here I'm going to make a shameless plug for my own book, which came out in 2018, The Substance of Things Hoped For. And, and I uh, do not travel around the country knocking on doors and trying to sell my book. It is available through uh, Amazon, but it is similar in this way. Uh, you, you want to fix Canada, and uh, and I called mine the substance of things hoped for, which Christians would know comes from Hebrews 11, 11 1, and the faith is and what do we hope for? We hope for a Canada that is fixed. We hope for a Canada that, that finds its way uh, in the wilderness and for leaders who you know, restore righteousness, morality, and common sense to the governance of Canada, the provinces, and the municipalities. So that's something we hope for, and that requires faith to think that that could ever happen, because uh, the way the world is going right now, it's uh, pretty sad, and it needs, Canada needs fixing, and to get there, you know, we believe it needs good men and women who are uh, listening to God in one way or another, uh, listening to the word of God and um, working to see his kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven, which is great. So, so Jeff, um, I uh, thought nothing new under the sun. That's also from the Bible. It says nothing new under the sun. I, I like to read G.K. Chesterton, and I don't compare either of us to his writings or Winston Churchill, but but uh, probably, it's probably safe, safe <laughs> course. Yeah, yeah. Safe, safe to do that. But, uh, you know, we use the same English language, but there are people with a particular gifting that stand out over time, over centuries. But um, G.K. Chesterton also, uh, numbers of his articles and essays were compiled into collected works. And some of them were just uh, columns that he had in the paper, tremendous amount of writing, unbelievable amount of writing that he did. And a lot of it was on um, issues of the time, current issues that he okay, 
We're getting your new iPad wiped off here in the Tim Horton. Yeah, <laughs> spilling coffee on my new iPad that I. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and I'll also let people know that Jeff has a brand new iPad. The reason is somebody stole his trusty old one. And uh, so we're sorry about the uh, that not everybody has learned. Don't steal. Don't kill. Don't uh, commit adultery. Not everyone has learned those Christian values. No. So, so uh, then it falls on us to uh, bear the burden collectively of a society where we need to lock our doors and, uh, you know, had the court system and all that stuff. Anyway, those are some of the things that need to be fixed in Canada. We need to give people a better moral upbringing, a better moral yes. fabric so that stealing is and uh, gang warfare. I just saw this morning, there's been a, uh, what well, they call it an assassination in Calgary, a, a gang leader who was uh, uh, that's in Calgary. So, you know, this uh, wild, wild west has come to Canada as our moral uh, culture has declined. Yes. Um, so this new, I'm going to ask you from addition to addition. So there was number one, there was number two, there was number three, all the way up to now the 20th edition. How much has changed in each of those editions? Like, uh, obviously, some of it stays the same. Some, uh, some stays the same. The columns um, were written about issues that haven't gone away. They've only gotten larger uh, and more in, in our face and, and, and get new information on them from time to time. And they they will that new information will find its way into the new books. Um, I, it's, I didn't want it to be a large book. It has to be readable by non-readers, so I keep it under two hundred pages. And um, uh, so I can't add to it. So when I add something, I have to take something away. So sometimes there's something superfluous that is kind of gone by the wayside and doesn't need to be there. Boom, that's going to come out. Or sometimes something that's good. I, there's just some amazing new information that I have to have in there. And I will throw out something that's perfectly good for something that's better. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and therefore the book gets better every time I go back in print. Um, so, yeah. if somebody, so if somebody has your 10th edition and they're wondering whether they should get the 20th edition, there's going to be a lot of new material in there. A lot of new material. Even if someone has the 19th, they'll want the 20th. Because um, there's a lot of new information um, especially in the conclusion on the COVID issue, okay? And uh, uh, my source for a lot of it is RFK's book, uh, The Real Anthony Fauci. Brilliant, brilliant book. When I first saw it advertised, I, I was down in Florida, um, but busking outside of, <laughs> busking in Florida to, you know, just to make a little money and, and uh, um eat and so on and <laughs> I, I just got out of canada for for six months after the last election yeah, yeah. and so i'm down in florida didn't have a lot of money but i saw this ad, the book advertised was i think it was 40 dollars american uh 35 but um served it right away i was so thrilled to get it and lots of good information in that book your head explodes about every five pages yeah reading it um so you have to stop but um yeah well, I, but yeah, a, I got, got a lot of good information out of that for this book. And that's yeah. what I'm always looking for in books that I read is is um, is something, another piece of the puzzle for Fixed Canada. Yeah. 
a woman, um, I wrote her biography, Erica Burton. I met her in Ontario when I was down in those parts. And um, I wrote her bio- I was honored to write her biography. She's a Holocaust survivor. It's the first of three free books on on, on my website, jeffwillett.com. It's only 10 pages. Um, but um, she gave me a book. Um, I can never remember the guy's name. He lives out in Victoria, but it's uh, it's called The Taidang Reunion. And it, it's about a family that ended up in the hands of the Japanese in the Second World War and ended up in concentration camps, um, separated. The mother and child, the little boy, were in one, and dad was off at a work camp. Um, but they all survived. And uh, but and I didn't expect to get anything for Fix Canada out of it, but I sure did. Okay. Uh, it was a, a brilliant uh, insight. I, I'm going to send a copy to that gentleman in, whose name I, it, it's a Dutch name. It's, yeah, <laughs> uh, I don't have it at my fingertips yeah. right now, but um, uh, look forward to sending him a book too. What's the name of the book again that you just mentioned? Taideng Reunion. Uh, Taideng Reunion. Okay. There's a J in there. T J I D E N G, I think. Mm-hmm. Taideng Reunion. It's mm-hmm. a it's a it's a very good read. Mm-hmm. I enjoyed it immensely. So, uh, Jeff, when people want to f- want to actually read your book, Fix Canada, the twentieth edition, and they have to get that quickly because otherwise it's going to be surpassed by the twenty-first edition, I imagine, right? I don't think I don't think there will be one. Um, really? Okay. I, I think uh, I think there'll be a, a number of print runs of the twentieth edition. Yeah, I think uh, um, I might have arrived. I'm making a couple changes. I'm working on it now already. Um, in case my, my my turnaround time at the printers is seven months, and, and I don't know how long it's going to take me to sell the five thousand copies that I have. I'm hoping it'll be quick, but I'm just I'm not starting that seven month process right now. But uh, but I'm I'm starting to work on the twenty first, and I'll make some small changes. But um, um, I think it'll continue to be called the 20th edition. Right. Well, the, uh, this has changed. This year is the 17th edition, and it sold mm-hmm. 60,000 copies. Now your your new edition shows uh, sales of 80,000. 80,000. And uh, and that that involves you going back and forth across the country in your van. And I know one of the places you ended up. I don't know how this happened, but you were up visiting us in in northern BC, and you ended up at the workshop of our national president in the Niagara region of Ontario. And oh yes, yes, yes. You had a discussion with him, not knowing each other at all, and he said, if "You were voting today. Who would you vote for?" And you said, uh, "Christian Heritage, probably the Christian Heritage Party." No. He said, "Good, I'll take two copies of your book." So, so uh, that's he said, a good "Who would you run for?" Who, I think he said, who, I forget whether he said, who would you vote for or who would you run for? Yeah. And I, I sized him up and I said, okay, he's five, five foot 10, five foot 11, blonde, <laughs> obviously Christian. I think he's Dutch. I'm going to say Christian Harris. <laughs> okay. And that's not really, I would, and that, that was my opinion anyways. But um, yeah. yeah. Anyway, I thought and it was, it was a pretty, neat, over that. pretty neat story that within a very mm-hmm. short period of time, you, uh, had personal conversations with, uh, in person, with uh, both me as a as leader at the time, deputy leader, and sure. and the national yeah. president. Yeah. So, um, I first heard about CHP 
when I was selling memberships for the Canadian Taxpayers Federation in around the Barhead area, I was up in Irlandia, and Cy and, and uh, Cy Stridehorst. Yeah, Cy Stridehorst. What, what's Jake. Cy and, and Jake? Jake and Jake, Cy. Yeah. Um, exactly. I was on their farm, gave them my spiel, and they turned it around on me and told me about CHP. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> um, uh, I kind of patted on the head and said, you know, and, and, and we parted company because yeah. uh, CHP is just such a, an outlier. And I never thought about it again until um, I got a call from you. Yeah. Um, Super. And uh, ended up spending. So my my second exposure to the party was spending a weekend with Rod, with you and you and Elaine. And uh, I mean, everyone should be so fortunate, right? Yeah. Well, it was an awesome time for us. So. Uh, how do people get a hold of you and get a hold of a copy of this book? Well, I need them to write down a phone number. It's one 601 0708 they can uh, email me at j.willerton at yahoo.com. J. Or, or Jeff at jeffwillerton.com works as well. But Which is the best one? J.willerton at? J.willerton at yahoo.com is the direct one. Yahoo.com. And uh, I'm stuck to Yahoo. Yeah, okay. <laughs> All right. Well, that's, uh, that's excellent. And uh, I hope to be seeing you in person again, Jeff, on uh, November the 12th, when I will be in Red Deer. And Looking forward to that. We're having a uh, Alberta members meeting there uh, that Franz Vandestroot is arranging, uh, making arrangements for. I'll be on my way back from Nova Scotia, from the Free Speech and Medicine Conference, and from Ontario, where I'm going to be meeting with a number of people there. And so I look forward to seeing you in uh, sunny Alberta in on uh, November 12th. Looking forward to that. So uh, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for the work you've been doing all these years and continue to do uh, in your efforts to fix Canada. And uh, if everyone put their effort in the same place, I think we would see a lot more uh, happen that way. The last time I spoke with you in this medium, um, um, it was about, I was, I had written, I had written the biography for the, for the gal in Ontario, I was looking for some, to check out some business, didn't get any, but I, my phone number, uh, was my, my, my cell number was broadcast many times during that thing. And a woman, um, had been looking for my book for years and, um, unable to find it, but she found that she found a link to that interview and uh, was thrilled to know how to reach me directly and get the book. So that that did bear fruit. Yeah, well, there you maybe, go. Maybe this one will too. Yeah, and uh, so it, folks out there who do not have a copy, and very few of you will have a copy of the 20th edition, if you already have an older edition, it will be worthwhile getting a new one. And uh, Christmas is coming. It'd be a, a good book to be thinking about giving to your friends and family and helping them to understand some of the issues going on in our country today. And, and, and it promotes CHP more than I have in earlier editions. Like, like 
I, I started to mention you, mention CHP when I met you and Elaine, spent some time with you guys. Uh, and and uh, it wasn't until the, the conservatives endorsed, uh, basically changed the definition of marriage in their, their official policy uh, in 2016 that I said, you know what, enough's enough. I got to go check out CHP. And that's when I started to learn about you guys more and get excited about yeah. Oh, very and, good. And it looks yeah. like in the recent leadership uh, uh, contest of the Conservative Party of Canada, they have chosen a man, very you know, powerful speaker, articulate, uh, energetic, but a person who is uh, pro-abortion, uh, right. pro-gay marriage, and uh, who supported efforts to, to ban conversion therapy and uh, deny uh, access to help to... Uh, those struggling with uh, with gender confusion or whatever. So, so um, we're kind of in the same spot here as uh, pragmatism or principles. And uh, uh, Jeff, I'm glad that you're standing for principles, and I uh, hope that you have good success with your new edition of Fix Canada. So, God bless you, and uh, thanks for taking the time. Enjoy your coffee. Have another cup on me. Thanks. Thanks, Rod. Nice to see you. Yeah. Bye bye. Thanks for listening to CHP Talks. For more content you don't want to miss, be sure to subscribe to our weekly podcast, CHP Talks. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. To view our weekly episodes in a video format, you can find us on Brighteon at brighteon.com forward slash channel forward slash CHP Canada. On BitChute at bitshoot.com forward slash channel forward slash chp canada now social media censorship and the cancel culture have restricted what we can discuss on youtube but most of our programs can still be found on youtube at youtube.com forward slash c forward slash chp canada thanks for joining us please share this information with others after all speaking the truth is an act of love I'm Rod Taylor, National Leader of CHP Canada and your host of CHP Talks. See you next week.